0: Episode 130 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Lots of things going on in Wichita these days. We now know the name of the minor league baseball team. We now know the name of the new mayor. And we now know the suggestions for development along the east bank of the Arkansas River downtown. I will get into all those topics, maybe more, with Business Journal Associate Editor Kirk Semenoff, celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday, Kirk. I'm 29 years old today. 29 and holding. First, yeah, Brittany's 29 too. Here's what's in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, 77 young professionals spending some time with the WBJ as part of our Emerging Leaders Program. First, here's what's in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. 77 young professionals spending some time with the WBJ as part of our Emerging Leaders Program. These folks are attending roundtable discussions, community panels, social events, in order to get to know Wichita better and get to know each other better. We introduce you to all 77 of them and our cover story this week, that's on page 42. Also, we offer coverage of our Ignite ICT Summit held Tuesday, more than 250 women attended the day of panels and interviews focusing on career and personal development, page 12. We also provide our monthly feature on women who lead in Wichita. This time it's women who lead in marketing profiles of all those women on page 17. This week we spend 10 minutes with Devin Vrana, she's owner of Back to Basics Chiropractic and Acupuncture, She spoke at the Ignite Summit, page 55. This week's list, Wichita's Acute Care Hospital, sets on page 6. As always, we have business leads, new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, who's setting up a new corporation, who owes back taxes, court judgments. It's all in our leads section. Back to talk with Associate Editor Kirk Semenoff about some big topics in a moment. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Kirk Seminoff, welcome. It's always good to be here, Bill. Thanks for uh, joining me for a discussion on some of the things that are going on in Wichita. Wichita wind
1: surge. Tell me about your initial reaction. Well, you as a broadcaster said it correctly with the D. You got the D in there. (laughs) Right. Nobody else in this world will get the D in there. Wind Surge. Uh, I I watched it on a Facebook Live feed, and I could tell when the Avengers music started uh, that it was going to be a serious nickname, and then Wind Surge showed up, and I was uh, underwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, I expected something more fun, more playful. I there was a big buildup to this yes, uh, months
0: that we were uh, looking at different names. We, people were asked to send in suggestions and then they rolled out what five or six names in the last month and a half or so, one a week
1: mm-hmm It seems like a process that was not there was no public input and it always makes me wonder when something new kokish happens like this who was in the room right when it happened was there anyone who said you know maybe this isn't just the right fit or did the wind surge ownership just get the idea that we are new to this town and we see that this town is is prideful uh and we're going to play off that they could have done that in another way maybe but they didn't Lou Schweckheimer just last week, it was the day after the
0: uh, announcement that he joined me for the podcast last week, and he said that, uh, you know, that was the reason, it was because Wichita is surging forward, it's a new type of momentum for Wichita, and uh, he likes the passion, he understands that not everybody is a fan of it, he understands that most everybody is not a fan of it. He said he likes that passion. Do you buy that rationale?
1: Uh, Publicly, he has to say that. No, I guess I don't buy it. I I think that, you know, our our Business Pulse survey that we put up immediately after the name went out, it ended yesterday after a week. 91% of of respondents, unscientific, yes, but 91% said they didn't like wind surge. So you're saying they're not sure about it. (laughs)
0: 91 percent right
1: now I've seen on social media some people complain that this is not a big deal we still want to go to baseball games the beer is still going to be cold right and all of that is absolutely correct I just think it was a missed opportunity right Uh, what do you make it they say that there are people who were lining up to get that gear to get the hats get the shirts I, I, I buy that I, I don't think it's ugly I, I think the you know obviously Todd Radom does a great job with logos and colors and, and schemes and designs I, he it's a it's appealing right um, but I, most of that gear doesn't say wind surge right it, it has maybe a WS or it has the Pegasus logo I don't quite understand the Pegasus but right I'll go along with it. Uh, it's good looking stuff. Right. And if you want to be prideful in your team, you go buy stuff. Right. No
0: matter what the team name is. Go make, wear the gear and, and wear it proudly because that's Wichita's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first pitch is coming up in April. And, uh, you know, looking at the pictures of the stadium, they're really coming along on that, it seems like.
1: It seems like they're going to be done in time. We have no idea what's going to happen this winter, but it it seems like the more simple stuff has to happen before the end of March, before they have to get the stadium ready. I think they're going to be in pretty good shape, barring some really bad stretches of weather. When they came out with the uh,
0: renderings, some people were underwhelmed, maybe like they were with the name Wind Surge. Um, what do you think as you see that iron and that steel come out of the, the ground over there? What do you think of what you see over there?
1: Well, uh, covering minor league baseball for, for a few years here and seeing other stadiums in the Texas League, back when the Wranglers were in that league, Right. Uh, the best stadiums seem to be the ones where you could leave your seat if you're sitting in the main grandstand, leave your seat, go up to a concession stand or a gift shop or whatever, turn around 180 degrees and still see the ball game. Right. Uh, We saw that in El Paso, uh, that they had a brand new stadium there. I think that's going to be what people who go to games are going to like most. They're not going to have to go up to a vomitory, go down, (laughs) and go around to a 1930s size concession stand. You can go up, turn around, watch the game, order your stuff, take it back to your seat. One thing, seeing the same photos you do, it's remarkable remarkable to me how similar this stadium looks in just broad strokes to lawrence dumont right it's it's shaped the same way and we see the same things beyond the outfield and the the you know the cityscape uh I'm also surprised by what looks like a lack of seating in the main bowl. They mm-hmm. say there's about 6,000 seats in the main bowl. Well, that's all that Lawrence Dumont had. Right. Uh, to be a 10,000-seat stadium for minor league baseball qualifications, you have to count all those, city, the, those seats in the berm on the outfield and then the, the right-field party area, which will, will be a fun area for millennials and people who like to go and have a good time. Right. But, but it lo- surprises me a little bit that we don't have in, as much seating as I thought we would.
0: We want to know about the press box, too. I hope it has nice accommodations, (laughs) comfortable seats,
1: right? We're the only two people who care. Well, there's probably probably about a dozen
0: in town who care
1: about that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, as we uh, transition to another topic, uh, as we talk about the stadium and uh, the team name, another big issue, uh, another big event that we've had over the last uh, few weeks is the mayor's race. We now know who the new mayor is. As you look back on that whole process, what what comes to mind? What strikes you
1: as uh, interesting about that whole race? It will always be the "what if" yep. of this ra- of this race. Um, there have been interesting, kooky mayoral races in this city's past, even in the last twenty years. Uh, but this one will go down as what if this didn't happen, or what if this didn't happen, right? Uh, uh, I would love to get people in the know together to have some sort of roundtable about, you know, if the Eagles' story about transparency and the water treatment plant and how it moved from one company to another, if that didn't happen, would would Jeff Longwell still be the mayor? Right. If the story about transparency with the baseball team from almost, you know, last March, nine months ago. Right. Right. If that hadn't happened, would he still be the mayor? Right. Um, the fake video against Brandon Whipple that <laughs> that looks like it was associated with Republicans. If that didn't happen, right. is Jeff Longwell still the mayor? Right. Um, or did all these things have to happen? Plus, Lindy Wells is right in. Right, right in. If that doesn't happen, if you take all four of those things and put them together, well, obviously Brandon Whipple's our next mayor. If you pull one of those things out or two of those things out. Is Jeff Longwell still the mayor? I think there's probably a pretty good case. Right. Uh, so it, it seemed like the perfect storm against Jeff Longwell, and that's just what we, what we got. And, of course, the Eagle story gave uh,
0: some business folks the window they may have been looking for to have another influence on the race uh, by supporting Lindy Wells as a write-in candidate. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, leaders like John Rolfe Uh, And some others who said, you know, we back Lindy, uh, especially in light of uh, the the story that came out in the Eagle. Um, It seems like there, everybody has to work with everybody here in town. It seems like they've got some work to do as far as perhaps establishing a relationship and maybe repairing a relationship with uh, the old council. And establishing
1: a re- relationship with a new mayor the dynamic of a of a council with six returning members and a new mayor right. is really fascinating yep. uh, you know brandon whipple for lack of a better term is a wild card right we don't quite know at the local level how he will govern or try to sway the council right and you're right there are a lot of developers and uh, private leaders who Will have to t- kind of take his temperature. Right. Uh, they may know the council well, but they don't know him very well. Right. Um, it'll, it will be a, a, a fun council to watch over the next year. It may have been, you know, just you know, thinking at the circumstances. It
0: may have been more interesting if Mayor Longwell had been reelected, and some of those business people who backed Lindy Wells now had to try to establish or uh, or repair their relationship with with Jeff Longwell, of course. That's not what happened, and uh, so that's just something to wonder about. Um, anything else on the mayor's race that you thought was interesting? It's It, it, it certainly was an, an odd one. The voter turnout was good, around mm-hmm. 19%. Mm-hmm. So that was good.
1: I just, you know, people like John Rolfe and people who backed Lindy Wells so heavily in the write-in campaign, I would love to know just if they really, in their deepest of thoughts thought they could win a write-in campaign right? Right. Or, or was a second result always in the back of their minds. Um, he and that got, second
0: result being taking some votes away from one of the candidates. From one of the candidates. More than likely, you'll Longwell.
1: get, get long well or ripple. Both sides will say, I lost votes because of that write-in right. candidacy. Um, Lindy Wells got between 8,000 and 9,000 votes. Um, I tend to think that people who voted for him as a write-in weren't going to vote for Longwell, probably weren't going to vote for Whipple. Right. Um, they saw some unhappiness on either side. So, but I'm I'm just I, I just can't believe that people thought that a writing candidate could win. Right. With a returning mayor, with an incumbent mayor who had a lot of success over four years.
0: Next up is uh, a decision to make on the uh, proposals for the East Bank of the Arkansas River downtown. The Riverfront Legacy Master Plan folks have submitted some options there along with their consultants. Um, A few of them uh, do not include Century Two. It says tear them down. I think of the five different proposals, two of them say tear it down. Help me out with
1: that. Well, yeah, there's five proposals. Two are offshoots of main proposals, so I think we're we're comfortable saying five. Um, Yeah, three would totally get rid of Century Two. One would repurpose it as is, and then a a fifth one would leave the shell, basically, uh, as a park or a a green space area surrounded by mixed-use development. That's a fascinating thing to think about, you know, what would Century Two look like as a shell of itself. Right. there's a little bit for everybody to love. Right. Um, there's it could muddy the waters quite a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. When Populous comes back in January, I think they probably already know what they think is the most sellable plan to council and county commission mm-hmm. and what's most sellable to the public. Um, what's not most sellable is the price tag. Right. And that's that's what we have to focus on in the next month, two months, is they really want to spend one to one point five billion on this, right. or, or they're saying it's going to cost this much. Maybe right. they don't want to spend that much. I'm fascinated to know how they get to that price tag. Right. How do they how they get to pay for it. Yep. I think we're talking star bonds, community improvement districts, uh, all those kinds of programs. I don't think they're talking about a property tax increase. It's right. been a generation since we've had a property tax increase. Right. And probably not sales tax because we know how that goes in right. this town. It's, right. it's, it's a very tough sell. Yep. Uh, so digging into the numbers and how they get it done will be fascinating. That money's got to come from somewhere.
0: And <laughs> it's going to come from taxpayers one way or the other. Right. Right. Uh, but we may be able to uh, reduce the impact by some of those techniques that you were talking about.
1: I think that one thing that maybe the public is not focusing on as much, at least what we hear as far as comments, uh, one is how difficult it would be to repurpose Century Two. The price tag on that alone is in the $300 billion range. Um, The second thing I don't think the public, public focuses on enough is how much retail and mixed use development will be in that area. Right. I think I think people tend to look at that area and think it's only going to be performing arts convention center, parking, maybe century 2, things for the community without private development. But right. that's private development has to be a huge part of this.
0: Right. And I and I said, you know, taxpayers are going to foot the bill not necessarily for the entire thing because there's going to be private development there. Obviously they would have skin in the game um, and perhaps using again those techniques that you talked about, but uh, you know, those private developers are going to come in and they're going to say, I want to put a restaurant here. I want to put it, you know, an office building or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, still lots of this, even though we have these, there's still lots of decisions
1: to be made. And uh, the, Getting to that position where you d- you select developers, you select programs to finance these things, and then getting to a a, a final cost is going to take some time. And right. It's not going to be, you know, come January when Populous makes its presentation, it's not like the council and county commission are going to approve it right away and right. we'll be, you know, breaking ground in March. Right. It's, it's going to take a while.
0: And it'll be interesting, too, to see if, uh, you know, what the temperature is of those elected officials. And will they be under pressure to say, okay, let's put it up to a referendum. Let's let the city, let's let taxpayers vote on this. That's another sticky area right there.
1: Yeah. Um, We think back to the referendum in 2014 that was going to take care of a lot of infrastructure, including, by the way, a water treatment plant, or at least get us much more down the road. Right. Uh, That failed almost two to one. Right. Right. Um, but the city has had good success with two Wichita school district bond issues. Right. We approved, uh, bank arena. Right. And that opened up in 2010. So it's always seemed to me like the public, when it sees a prize right. at the end of a vote, right. it will take that chance and take that leap of faith and maybe, you know, approve whatever it needs. Right. The referendum was so many different things lumped together, Right. but it was basically infrastructure. People didn't see that as a prize. right? So I'm optimistic that if it comes to a public <laughs> vote, it would pass, but uh, who knows?
0: Will the electeds want to just go with a plan and be bold and say, okay, we're going down this road, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, we will be reporting on all these topics, obviously. Over the next year, and uh, we're going to be taking a look at the, uh, not only 2020, but the entire decade that's coming up uh, and take a look at some of the people and the uh, and the things that uh, we think are important that are coming up in Wichita's future. And that'll be in uh, one of the weekly editions here coming up in the near future. We'll be back to wrap up in a moment. Thanks, Kirk. You bet. At Equity Bank stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours so we created our own little series called napkin stories visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start that's it for biz talk with bill roy this week episode 130 check out all our episodes at our biz talk with bill roy hub it's at wichitabusinessjournal.com thanks for listening and subscribing this talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. thanks to producer Brittany showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.